One of America's greatest strengths is our free market. And this fair share is a bullshit concept. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people. Damn right. Never been broken, that number. That's a sacred number, 30,000. Yep, we're on, I'm going to say it, the highway to the danger zone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The American Game. Today we have episode seven, where we'll be talking about taxes. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, so we thought we'd talk about taxes today because it's getting a little close to a uh, tax filing season. Um, April 15th? Yep, deadline? that's what yeah. I do. Yeah, and I, I have not. Have you filed your taxes yet? I'm waiting. You're waiting? Okay. I'll tell you why when we get into it. Okay, I'm we'll waiting. get into it. Um, I haven't either, but today for our Capitalist Crunch, our sole topic is Disney. Um, Disney Plus specifically and how well they're doing. Uh, do you watch Disney Plus? John, I do. At all? I, I watch The Mandalorian. It's fantastic. Oh, that's a great show. You watch that's, it too? That's yeah. That's part of. The, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I like it. Yeah. Um, but like that's part of the reason why like Disney Plus is doing so well. These shows like WandaVision, Mandalorian. You should all listen to the recaps on the Wrong Theater, another <laughs> six one zero podcast family. Um, but it's yeah, like Disney Plus right now is a wagon in like in pure march madness fashion like (laughs) like a true like florida gulf coast university or like loyola chicago like this disney plus is just like taking the streaming world by storm it's a place to be yeah so their goal i think initially i mean obviously this has all been accelerated by the pandemic just streaming in general for sure um but their goal was to have a hundred million subscribers, no, 60 to 90 million subscribers by 2024. Um, now they think they're going to have around 230 to 260 million subscribers by wow. 2024. That's like two thirds of the American population. That's insane. I mean, obviously that's an international number, but just like to put in perspective, like, yeah. Um, wow. They hit 100 million subscribers like 16 months after launch. Absurd. Do you think they're bigger than Netflix? No, they're not bigger than Netflix. Um, Netflix, uh, yeah, you're looking that up right now. Yeah. Uh, We'll see how many subscribers Netflix has. But basically, like, this is turned, like, from, you know. Wait, 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 what? How many subscribers for Disney Plus? They just passed, like, 100 million. Oh, no, no. It recently hit 200 million. In the fourth quarter of 2020, Netflix had 73.94 million U.S. subscribers. Oh, okay, so that's in the U.S. alone. Okay, yes. Yeah. So they probably okay. have... Like worldwide. Uh, I wor- worldwide, I would think they have more. 203 million. So they're right there. They're wow. literally right there with them. That's crazy. Um, Because Disney Plus is new. Yeah. It's like, it, how, when did it, it come out? It came out, out a, a little bit more than a year ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I th- probably like a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, they did a great job because they got the Star Wars. They all the Star Wars they own, right? And then they own Marvel on top of that, and then plus underneath that, they have all the Disney classics and all the all the stuff for the little kids. It was perfect. The entire whoa, family whoa, loved whoa. them. Do not call Disney classics for the little kids. Uh, well, they're not. No, no, no. I'm talking about <laughs> in addition, the, the Disney yeah. classics, and then there's another category: yeah. the little kids. Yeah. Come on, come on. I, even I watch Cinderella sometimes. <laughs> Um, but 
yeah, right now, like, Disney's almost turning into a company where it's, like, this, like, it, like, it was always planned to be, like, one of their main assets, but now yeah. it's almost looking like it's, like, the main asset. It's, right. like, forget the parks, forget, and, like... Well, the parks company, are closed. Well, uh, the open. parks are open. I think Disneyland is closed But in limited capacity, right? Disneyland in California is closed, but Disney World is open in Florida. That's crazy. Um, but yeah. it's... It's kind of revolutionary um, for this company that like was already such a powerhouse uh-huh. um, in terms of everything they owned, like ESPN, ABC, right, um, and Mar- the Marvel Universe. They recently acquired. I didn't know they um, owned ABC actually. Yeah, it's all under this. That's and, cool because, like, like, you think about it, like a, a lot of like ESPN sports are on like ABC if it's like really high profile. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, that Disney's a wagon. That's really <laughs> all there is to take away from that. I, I mean, I'm not like making a stock pick suggestion right now, just because like I don't like oh, no, I haven't looked that buy. much into it. But like maybe it's worth looking into it. Um, moving on though to the content of today's episode, we'll be talking about taxes today. Um, but like, what is a tax, um, John? Taxes. Taxes are the government's cut of everything you do. As a libertarian, I despise them. Horrible. Cut the taxes out. But um, they're important, and you'll go to jail if you don't pay them. So (laughs) pay your taxes. Yeah, that's... But um, there's kind of three types of taxes uh, most people have to worry about. One is going to be your income tax. Second is going to be sales tax. And the other is going to be capital gains taxes, um, which is kind of like income tax. Uh, well, it is a version of income tax, but income tax is any time that you get a paycheck, the government is going to take a percentage of that, depending on how much you earn during a year. Um, it's important to realize it's dependent upon how much you earn. So it, it, good. Yeah. I was going to say, is that like include like social security and like things like that? That's all like wrapped under that, like income tax definition. Right. So, well, good, great question, actually. So um, yes. Uh, you, well, you'll pay like a social security, a FICO tax. Um, there's a whole bunch of taxes, um, that are wrapped in your federal tax bill at the end of the year. Um, so what happens is, you know, let's say you work for a company, uh, that company is going to give you what's called a W2. That W2 needs to be filed under your federal tax return at the end of each year. Um, and that's due by April 15th, every single year for the prior year's income. So, mm-hmm. you know, for 2020, my taxes are due April 15th this year. I got to have everything signed, sealed, delivered to the IRS by then. Um, if you work for a company, you're going to get a W-2. If you're a contracted, you're going to get a 1099. And it matters. Both of those are really, really important. That W-2, they've withheld half of those taxes for you, right? So they've done, you know, the employer has withheld uh, a percentage of, you know, money that you didn't even earn, uh, they, they withheld half and you're, they're going to automatically withhold the other half of the income that they owe on your employment. <clears throat> so they're going to, so that, that's why, you know, instead of when you make a hundred dollars a week, you only get, you know, say $86 or, you know, whatever it is. Um, they're going to withhold, it's called tax withholding. So they're going to withhold your taxes during the year A 1099 or a contract worker, so if you work for like Uber, if you work for DoorDash, um, you know, uh, any of those 
contract jobs or gig worker jobs, you need to pay taxes on that income. If, if you made over $600 working that job during the year, you need to pay taxes. You have to file that 1099 on your tax return at the end of the year. And it's really important to do so. Really important, uh, really important point there is if you get a 1099, they have not withheld any taxes for you during the year because you're a contract worker. So for example, you know, I, I've DoorDash before. And as soon yeah. as I make more than $600 in DoorDash, they're going to send me a 1099 at the end of the tax year. That's fine. Um, I'll take my 1099. And what'll happen is I'll have to file that and I will owe a certain percent um, on those earnings throughout the year. So you're going to get a pretty big tax bill if you're a 1099 worker because they have not withhold any, they haven't withheld any money for you. Versus if you're a W-2 worker, or if you work, you know, I, I work for Allstate. So Allstate, I get a, you know, I get a paycheck. Um, I'm, you know, hired under the agency. Uh, and I got a W-2 for that. So when I got my W-2, most of my taxes were withheld. And actually they withheld a little bit too much. So I get, I, I get what's called a tax return at the end of the year, um, which is always nice. Um, and then, like I said, there's sales tax. Sales tax in Pennsylvania is, I believe, 6% on most things. Uh, I think alcohol might be eight. Yeah, this what I was gonna ask is um like this things like a nicotine tax and like a uh, like soda tax mm -hmm. that falls under the category of sales tax. Yeah, and and, and Philadelphia actually has it, their own special taxes. I think in the city it's like eight percent, and then there's a city tax. So it gets real complicated real fast. Long story short, the government loves taking your money when you're in the city. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a couple of types of levels of tax you have to worry about. Federal tax, um, state tax, and then municipality taxes. Um, you know, all of which you need to file, um, which is really, really important. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is capital gains tax. Um, so we've talked a lot about investing. We've talked a lot about uh, Roth IRAs. Um, or retirement accounts. The great thing about most retirement accounts is their tax advantage, meaning unless you're taking a, a distribution or unless you know uh, you liquidated, you know uh, your Roth IRA earnings for some reason, most likely you're not going to have to deal with the headache of filing taxes um, under that um, investment tool. So that's that's good. But for those of you guys that made individual accounts or that you know, traded cryptocurrency um, or, you know, delved into maybe options contracts or something like that on Robinhood or, or whatever, you're going to have to pay taxes on those. Um, or if you own bonds, if you have a high yield savings account, you're going to get a, you're going to get a, a sheet for that. It's called a 1099 um, dividend or interest, INT, 1099 INT. But um, there's two types of tax rates you have to worry about for investment income. One of them is going to be short-term capital gains. The other one's going to be long-term capital gains. So we have your income tax, your income's getting taxed, and now your investments are going to get taxed at the end of each year. Your short-term capital gains are when you sell an investment that you've owned for less than one year. So let's say, you know, January 3rd of this year, I bought 100 shares of Tesla and I sold them at the end of the year. I sold them, um, say, October 20th of this year that's less than a year, I incurred capital gains. So if I bought, you know, let's say I put $100 in, in Tesla, um, and then when I sold it, I sold it for $158. That $58 in profit, I'm gonna owe a percent on. 
Um, and for short term, it is always more expensive than long term capital gains. Long term capital gains would be if I held Tesla for over a year, uh, which I highly recommend you shoot for long term capital gains because there's such a tax advantage. Um, let's talk numbers. So if for Tesla, if I as long as I made under $9,875 in profit, I will pay 10% for short-term capital gains. For If I held it for over a year, I'll pay $0 in capital gains. Zero. Mm. That's really important. Yeah. Um, and then it goes up from there. I'll actually, if I made over, you know, 900, uh, or I'm sorry, $9,876 up to $40,000 in, in, capital gains for, for whole, you know, buying and selling Tesla within a year, those short-term gains are going to be taxed at 12%. Again, we go to long-term capital gains, anything under 40,000 is tax-free. So I really encourage people to invest for the long run. It is the best tax advantage way to invest. I really, really encourage you to do that. Um, and by the way, it gets worse from there. You know, for example, if you make over a half a million dollars, um, you know, obviously I, I hope nobody listening to this podcast makes that because if you are, give us a call, we'll have you on. <laughs> um, but if you make, yeah, if you make over half a million dollars in capital gains during a year, those short-term capital gains are taxed at 37%, anything over that, that half a million mark. Um, and then, well, I'll just tell you the, the highest tax bracket for long-term capital gains is $440,000. Um, and that's taxed at 20%. So it always pays- Significantly right. less than that same bracket. It's a 17% saving yeah. just by holding it for over a year. Um, so I really do suggest uh, people do that. All right, so we covered that. Good thing to know there. note there is if you do have an investment account or uh, individual account, or you know, say you've been investing in real estate or whatever, most likely that platform is going to send you um, paperwork. Uh, you know, it could be uh, 1099 uh, div, DIV, uh, 1099 INT for interests. Um, you know, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll do a whole bunch of stuff that they'll send you. Um, and luckily, most of the platforms, you can just upload it right away. Um, let's talk about platforms to use. Well, did you file your taxes yet? I have not filed my taxes yet. but I've You want to file them right now? Yeah, I let me try and find my W two for <laughs> from my internship this summer. I literally just have no idea where the heck it is. I'm looking all through. All right. Um, well, while you're doing I that, I'll it. talk about how to start it. Um, one of the one of the best tools you could use is the IRS Free File Program. You can go to the IRS website. Um, you know, you'll answer some pretty simple questions off the bat. And what they'll do is they'll suggest a couple platforms that you're eligible for the free version for, because um, you really don't want to pay while you're filing your taxes. Um, so what I use is, is TurboTax's free file program. I pay exactly $0 to file my taxes. For most people, you, you, you really shouldn't pay anything to file your taxes. Um, so now that I'm on the program, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in my W-2 forms. I'm going to upload all of my investments. Um, for, for those of you that bought and sold Bitcoin, you need to disclose that. Uh, they need to know the cost basis when you bought it, when you sold, what asset was it? Was it just Bitcoin? Was it Litcoin? You know, the whole Dogecoin or whatever. Uh, they need to know all that. 
they need to know, you know, how much you profited off that, what were the net proceeds, everything. Um, and the worst part about that is Coinbase does not send you um, a ta any tax documents. So your SOL, if you um, did that, you got to figure out how to do that. Um, and actually, there's some third-party softwares that will help you figure out, you know, how to enter that on TurboTax. So, all right, then let's uh, let's talk about let's go back to um, income income tax. Um, so there's something called the federal tax bracket. That's really important because it's the rates that you're going to be taxed at. So um, let's pick a number. Let's say $40,000, right? Let's say you make $40,000 in a year. Well, how much am I going to be taxed at? Well, that's a great question. So up to the first 987, or, uh, I'm sorry, nine, uh, $9,875 that first amount is gonna be taxed at 10%. Anything over that, so between uh, you know, $9,875 and $40,125, that chunk of your money is gonna be taxed at 12%. Um, and then anything over, you know, so $40,126 to $85,525, you know, you're gonna be taxed at 22%. And it gets progressively worse from there. It's called a progressive tax plan. Um, I think they're a fantastic idea. And what it does is it it it, um, it it relieves a little bit of a tax burden from you know those disadvantaged in society, you know, or those who maybe don't make as much income um, as as you know the rest of us. Um, so, what money is taxable, right? So. If I make uh, if I make forty thousand dollars a year, is the whole forty thousand dollars taxable? Do you know, Nick? If you make forty thousand dollars a year, is the whole isn't a specific amount of it like below the first tax bracket? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So there's this thing called deductions. Deductions are going to lower your tax base. So your tax base is the number of taxable income you make in a year. Just because you make $100,000 doesn't mean you have taxable income of $100,000. Um, there's what's called the standard deduction, which is going to lower your tax base. Uh, and that, that's $12,400. So if you made $12,400 in a year, guess what? You're paying $0 in federal taxes. None. Because the entire standardized deduction applies to you. Um, so you reduced your taxable income to zero. You made $12,400. Use the standard deduction. Now your now your income is zero. Let's say you made you know uh, thirty two thousand four hundred dollars. If you made thirty two thousand four hundred dollars during a year, um, you're going to use the standard deduction. What did you? What is your taxable income? It's twenty thousand dollars. Your twenty thousand dollars applies to the tax bracket. Um, so you know the first nine thousand eight hundred seventy five will be taxed at ten percent. Uh, and then after that, we're going to look at the, you know, anything after that's going to be taxed at 12% up to 40,000 uh, and so on and so forth. So it's important to realize how tax brackets work, what is a tax base, uh, and how much taxable income you actually make. There's another loophole. So instead of doing a standardized deduction of, of 12,400, you could do what's called an itemized deduction. This is how millionaires such as, you know, or billionaires, I guess, as, you know, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, roasted Trump for only paying, what was it $875 in taxes? 
Well, the reason he only paid $875 in taxes is because of the itemized deductions. Itemized deductions, instead of, of taking the standard deduction of $12,400 and reducing your taxable income that way, what you're going to do is you're going to have an itemized expense sheet of everything that you spent money on that year, and you're going to submit that. And some of those expenses, depending on what they are, are tax deductible. Um, some of them would include interest on a, um, on a mortgage payment. They're always tax deductible. If you have to drive for your job, the miles you drive in your car are tax deductible, um, as are you know, insurance payments. You know, if, if you have a home office, you can actually deduct that part from your mortgage. That, that square footage is a percentage of your house, um, you know, all that. Um, you can, in, in some cases, uh, reducing your business's income, you can do what's called 100% tax uh, depreciation uh, and, and I think that's available till 2026, but long story short, if I buy, you know, a tractor for my farm, um, and I pay a hundred thousand dollars for that tractor, I can depreciate that immediately a hundred percent and reduce my taxable income by a hundred thousand dollars by buying that. So all of that income is tax-free to buy that tractor for business use. Um, I think that's a great, great tool. Uh, that it promotes good business. And a lot of people have criticized it, but I think for the majority, it, it helps out, um, you know, businesses that require a lot of heavy machinery and things like that, or, or even real estate stuff. And it's a good tool to know. So you can do itemized deductions or you can do st the standard deduction of $12,400. Either or, I think for most people, the $12,400 is going to be the most beneficial um, if you made $30,000 this year or less, I wouldn't even look at itemized deduction. You probably, it's probably not going to be worth it. Um, you should go with the 12,400, uh, which brings me to my next thing. Nick, you said, I think you told me before the podcast, this is your first year paying taxes. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, well, not my first year paying taxes, paying taxes. Everyone's paying taxes. For, for, first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. I'm uh, sorry. First is, time filing. My first time I think I'm going to file just because, um, well, my job was under the table, um, throughout all of high school. And then I started working in admissions and I just didn't think that it was really, mm -hmm. um, like a few hundred bucks was worth the, um, filing for, um, but yeah, this past summer I had an internship, um, made a few thousand dollars through that. So it's like, I'd like to file my taxes. I'm looking for my W2 and like my email. I can't find it anywhere. Check, um, check their HR website. Do yeah. You know that is? I'll look at that, but it's like, cause I don't, I'm sure that I got it. It's just like, somehow it's just like through the, uh, um, they usually mail it to you too. So I might be sitting at home. Like yeah, that. it could be. But that's why I texted my dad. But right. But then I also have the the school does send you a um ten ninety right ten ninety nine. Um, You're a contract worker out of school. Yeah, tour guide, I guess. Oh, okay. That would probably qual. That would be probably be a qual. Sure. Yeah. So they have not withheld taxes for that. Um, I it's taken out of my paycheck. I think. Oh, it is. Well, that's a I W two so. then. Um. Oh, then maybe. Let me look. 1098T? 1098T. Oh, 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 yeah. That is that you're hired by the school. You get a special. Uh, for ed education, it's it's a weird uh, because I think it goes to 
it's considered like financial aid, technically. I think that's how it's filed. Hmm. That's interesting because I don't qualify for financial aid. I don't think, but but I think you're it's received as okay. such. Um, in which case, I don't think it's taxed at all. Um, but I don't don't double check me on that one. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but Nick, you bring up a good point, and it's whether you should file your taxes or you shouldn't. Legally, you don't have to file your taxes if you make under the standardized deduction, which is going to be twelve thousand four hundred. However, if you're working a job, say you know you're working at a grocery store, you made nine thousand dollars that year, uh, and you never filed your taxes. What you did is you gave a free loan to the IRS that you never owed. You didn't owe taxes that year, right? You made less than the 12,000, which means you used the whole standard deduction, uh, which means you had zero taxable income, which means your employer was withholding taxes um, from your paycheck you know, every week or every biweekly or monthly, whatever, that you didn't need to pay. So you can file your, you know, your taxes at the end of the year and go get some of that money back. And I highly, highly, highly encourage you to do. It's not hard. You just, you literally just upload the W-2 to TurboTax and, and, and they really do take care of the rest. Um, they're phenomenal in that sense. And, you know, it, it's super easy to do, but I would definitely recommend everybody file their taxes because if, if, if you're getting, you know, tax withheld from your paycheck, and you don't owe anything because your tax base is zero, you're giving free money to the government that you don't owe. You know, I don't know of anybody that just gives out money. So you don't want to leave money on the table. Definitely go file your taxes. It's really important. Um, just some other, you know, quick things to mention. Uh, you should, you know, for college kids, figure out if your parents are going to claim you as a dependent. Uh, that's really important. If you're going to, fi if you're filing as a, as a dependent, um, you know, it, it's, uh, the, the situation's a little different. Now, if you cover more than, I think, 51% of your, your upkeep costs. So for example, you cover your own housing. If you, you know, pay for food, your parents, you know, aren't helping you with college, stuff like that. Um, if, if you cover, you know, more than 51 of your own expenses, you should file as an independent and the reason for that is this year, especially, it's really important, but you can file for the recovery rebate credit. And for those of you that didn't get stimulus checks, you will get the stimulus checks if you are eligible this year. So again, you need to figure out if you're independent or dependent. If you are dependent, you're under your parents and your parents are going to receive a $600 check or you know, some odd amount for having you as a child um, in their household. If you're filing as an independent this year, you need to claim what's called the re recovery rebate credit. And that's where you're gonna get your stimulus checks that you didn't receive during the year. Uh, that's if your parents didn't already receive a $600 check for you, know, you already, in which case you're a dependent, you're not eligible. But you know, that's, a, that, you know, that's a free you know, $2,000 right there that you could get if you're an independent. Uh, and actually that's why I'm waiting to file my taxes because I'm waiting, my dad's accountant's looking through his taxes and you know, weighing the cost benefit of keeping me on um, as a dependent and, and not. Um, so I think, I think we covered most things. Uh, just in summary, what you wanna do Take your W-2, take all your investment income, throw that in, 
into TurboTax's free IRS free file program, let it upload, have them send it in, figure out if you're independent or dependent. If you're independent, file for the recovery rebate credit, get your extra money, get your returns. And under no circumstance should you ever forgo filing your taxes at the end of the year because you're probably leaving money on the table and you want that money back. I think that's, I think that's everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, money minute. Money minute? Yeah. Um, you've got, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, so I, I saw this interesting video uh, on Twitter and I think it was Sarah Huckabee explaining um, the issues of why people think that tax cuts always favor the rich. Um, and that's not necessarily true. Um, it, it's because you're thinking about it wrong is really what it is. So let's think about it like this, right? So we have five gentlemen that walk into a bar and each of them order a beer, right? And they, the bar owner agrees when they buy their beer that they are going to pay based off of the amount of income they make. So the first two gentlemen, or the first gentleman makes only $10,000 a year. So he doesn't pay anything for when he goes buys his beer. Uh, he just takes his beer and, and, and drinks it politely. Uh, the next gentleman, he makes $15,000 a year. Well, he doesn't make too much more than the first guy. So he only pays $2 for that beer. Uh, the next gentleman, he makes $100,000 a year. He makes quite a bit. So he's paying $4 for that beer. Uh, the gentleman after that, he is making $200,000 a year. So we're on gentleman four. He's, paying, he's making two, $200,000 a year. He's paying $8 for that beer. The next gentleman, he makes a million dollars every single year. He's paying $20 for that beer. And they all decide that it's fair at the end of the day because they all, they all have different benefits in society and they're all going to pay different amounts for the beer. One day, the bar owner says that, you know, hey, uh, gentleman number two is struggling. I declare that he doesn't have to pay for his beer anymore. So the first two are not paying for their beer. The next guy goes, hey, if he's getting a break, I should get a break too. So instead of guy number three paying $4 for his beer, he pays three. Um, which is a 25% reduction in his price. Um, you know, the fourth, the fourth guy, how much did I say the fourth guy was paying eight. So instead of paying $8, he's going to pay seven, which is only, you know, what's one eighth? That's 16%. Probably twelve and a half percent. Yeah. This is why I have the actuary in the room. Uh, so that's a 12 and a half percent reduction in, in tax. And the next guy, instead of paying, uh, you know, $20, he pays 18 What's that percent? 10%. 10%. Right. So a 10% reduction in credit. Well, guy number th three and guy number four look at the bartender and go, hold on. We only saved $1 with our, with our, uh, our reduction in price and the richest guy in the room saved $2. That's unfair. That's why people think that the tax system favors the rich. In reality, he only got a 10% reduction in the price that he owes for his beer, while the other two guys got a 12% reduction and the guy before him got a 25% reduction in his price. So as a percentage of income, he did not fare any better than anyone else in the system for what he did. And the first two guys drank for free. So it's important. It's a, I thought it was a good perspective on the taxes and, and why it's, it's not necessarily fair um, 
to do a dollar for dollar, um, you know, relation when you talk about taxes and, and, and for how, you know, wealthy people are taxed. Um, trust me, they, they pay their fair share. I mean, the, the, the top of the tax bracket, you know, for them is 37%. Um, it could go higher than that. Um, and I think actually most wealthy people may support, um, you know, Ray Dalio has even made comments about supporting a higher income tax um, for individuals making over $10 million a year. Uh, and that's certainly something to talk about. But, you know, when, when they do tax breaks um, and, and, and a lot of people, you know, say that, you know, Republicans or libertarians, they favor the wealthy. It's not necessarily true. It, it, it doesn't work out that way when you work at, when you look at it as a percentage of mm -hmm. income. Uh, and nobody's trying to rig the system against you because again, guy number, you know, gentleman number one and gentleman number two are still drinking for free. So that was my money minute. I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and my money minute, um, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before um, that I'm a Catholic and pretty committed to my faith. Um, and my money minute is about how I don't really think taxes are very Christian. Um, or Catholic in terms of sense. And one of my friends, when I mentioned that this would be my topic, was kind of mentioned, mentioned to me how in the Bible, Jesus did say like, ah, oh, give to Caesar what is Caesar's when yeah. it came to like That's pay what I thought. taxes. Yeah. Jesus literally told the people to pay their taxes. I think that has more to do with the fact that this is like, oh, what does this Roman coin mean to you? Like, why do you like care about it? You might as well just give it to Caesar. Uh -huh. um, but like the reason I think like, because I feel like the entire theme of the bible or the specifically the gospel is like give away what you have and follow jesus um the thing about taxes though is it's not really giving away what you have it's kind of forced charity it's like we're going to take a certain amount of what you have and delegate it how we see fit and i don't like completely disagree with the idea of taxes i think they're certain certainly necessary for good public goods and even social services to an extent um but i think like generally just like i know how to spend a dollar better um in terms of just like even the good of the world and right. what the U.S. government does, and it's like your dollars tend to go farther and do more good um, when you're holding when them. you're holding them and spending them in ways that like because you're going to wish sure you're not going to throw five dollars into like some fake charity that right. is really just a Ponzi scheme because you're going to look into that and see that it's something that you actually like value. It's right. like I think I got paid for like um, tours this spring that like i was supposed to do but got canceled because of um the virus um when everything kind of went online and i was like i didn't make this money and i don't particularly need it right um so i donated it to a charity um it was a gofundme for the uh, navajo nation a place where i had done a service trip before awesome. and i did a lot of research in the place and was like okay here's what i did but i think like taxes in general are kind of like forced charity in the sense that like you have to submit and then the government will be spending in that in a way that you don't really yeah i mean i guess you do have control over it in terms of like how you vote um but maybe not in your best interest may, it may not be used in your best interest so that's just kind of like my perspective on that it's like and i think people like unfortunately i'd like to have the good faith that like say we had no taxes we just like lift up right those the unfortunate with the extra income we had due to that um, I don't completely believe that, but I think like 
that's kind of that's the goal right that's interesting yeah, I don't necessarily like how the government sends my money to Pakistan for gender programs either. <laughs> yeah, I, we can't we can't all win um, when it comes to things the government do. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting though. I like that one. But yeah, so that is our episode. Unless you have anything else to add, that's all I got. But that is all I got. Um, we will see you next week on the American Game. See ya.